The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. For the eighth time here at Mid-Ohio, we are under the green flag with the NASCAR Xfinity Series. And on the break is the Ford. Austin Sindrick will lead the field to turn number one. Right now, Austin Sindrick is leading by 10.7 seconds. She's making mincemeat of the field right now. And caution is on the speedway. And this is the caution the field has been waiting for. Austin Sendrick's almost 11-second lead is now erased. Green flag back in the air. Sendrick pounding the throttle, trying to pull away from Ty Gibbs. Four to go here at Mid-Ohio, side-by-side. Three wide into turn number one. KJ Allmendinger right to the bottom. They are still three wide from third on back. Brett Moffitt comes out second. Sendrick's out of shape in front of the field. Spins to the infield grass. Everybody's going to miss him as A.J. Allmendinger leads into turn number comes down to three drivers, A.J. Allmendinger, Justin Haley, and Ty Gibbs. Checkered flag is waving to the start-finish line, and A.J. Allmendinger wins at Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course. Kyle Larson takes the green flag. He will lead the snarling pack up the hill to turn two. Kyle Larson, he captures stage one here at Sonoma Raceway. Kyle Larson now move him up into the top five into the essence. But on the charge is Kyle Larson. His 11th stage win here in 2021. It's the Toyota Save Mark 350. The 350 is how many cars it feels like Kyle Larson has passed today. Once again, Kyle Larson will outbreak Joey Logano. Larson already with the lead, clearing Logano. It's showtime in Sonoma. Here comes Larson into two. Elliott right alongside. As he hits the drag strip, fans are on their feet for the Elk Road California driver. Kyle Larson for the second week in a row delivers a beatdown as he wins back-to-back. Northern California, uh, this will always, always be home to me. Thank all you fans for coming out. Look forward to just keeping the street going. And I know that. Jack Collins worked with the mayor and Jeff Burt. We got the Hall of Famer and Dale Jarrett with us from Arizona as well. It is the hometown man and Kyle Larson who has taken this sport by storm. How has he just taken over about this past month or so? Well, a lot of things in life are about timing, right? Yeah. And this is one of those situations where you have a driver in Kyle Larson that's extremely talented, that has the right amount of experience, the right amount of motivation, and he's at Hendrick Motorsports at the right time when they've got their equipment really good. Uh, Chevrolet has their equipment really good. So it's the merging of a lot of talent, but everybody at the top of their game at the same time. And that's hard to get in this sport where everybody's operating you know, at, this, at that same level. So you get that much motivation, that much talent at the right time, you get these results. How about for you, DJ? How do you see it? You know, I, I think the thing that strikes me is, is that for so many years, and, and nothing against Chip Ganassi racing or anything, but many of us in the sport have been wondering and asking the question, 
how good could Kyle Larson really be if he were in one of the top rides out there? I think we have our answers. You know, some so many times, Jeff, we go through this sport not really having answers to a lot of the questions that, that surround us, but this is the answer. Kyle Larson is one of the best at driving these race cars, and he continues to prove it on every type of racetrack and road course that we go to. So, so how big of a difference is it as a driver when you get in a car with the perfect equipment? Can you feel it just immediately? How do you feel it in the driver's seat? Well, you do. I mean, you, you immediately know you know, what you have, what kind of equipment you have. And when you have something that's a little better than what you've had in the past, it feels like it's a lot better. It's, you know, it's, if you think about our sport, many times uh, early in the sport, you know, young drivers didn't drive the best equipment. And I think in some ways that actually was an advantage for them. And to, 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 to uh, DJ's point, nothing against Chip Ganassi Racing, but they're, they're just not what Hendrick is, right? And so Kyle Larson's learned how to race driving cars that aren't quite as fast as what he has now. Now he has these cars that are really fast and he knows exactly what to do with them. And, and, and the moment's not too big for him. He has the right amount of experience. And I still say, and, and, and DJ and I, and, and uh, we did a show, and Junior did a show, a preview show this year, and we all talked about Kyle Larson. And part of the reason was because his motivation level to get back into NASCAR to show the world what kind of person he wanted everybody to see who he was, right? To overcome the mistake he made. You add that to how good of a race car driver he is, that's a very, very dangerous person, right? Motivation with skill, that is, that's hard to beat. And, and again, driving for Hendrick Motorsports at the right time, it's just, that is a, not only today, but heading into the future, I don't know how you don't look at them and say they're not the favorite for the championship. I know it's too early to talk yep. about that, but what's going to knock them off? I mean, why are they going to get worse? I don't see it. Could it be Kurt Busch who joins us right now? We are star-studded off the top. We want to get in, Kurt. A big-time top finish for him yesterday. What was working so well for Chip Ganassi racing two cars in the top ten? Uh, we had a smooth race where the engines ran the whole race. Uh, pit crew was solid. We didn't break a jack on pit road. Uh, we didn't get caught up in any, any restart messes. And we had some raw speed that got us to the front. So uh, I really enjoyed the race yesterday. It felt a little old school for me to just find that rhythm with the track and drive every lap knowing that they, were, they could call me in and pit at any time for tires. So I just kept digging and kept making the aggressive, bold moves. And uh, at the end, we were just short of a top five. But um, all in all, the way that our car drove and, and the execution of the day, that's what we know we're capable of. Now we got to get on a roll if we want to get back towards the playoff berth. Kurt, you mentioned all the issues you and your team have had early this year. Y'all got off to a good start, then it just seemed like nothing could go right. How about your experience as a leader in that team, Ross Chastain, a young driver? How have you helped keep everybody's head on straight and focused on what you need to be focused on? Uh, a little bit of humility and humor has gone a long way. I mean, we're laughing at some of the things that have happened to us. And at the same time, you know, I told Ross, uh, Ross Chastain, I said, hey, man, just, just get through these first five, six, seven weeks. Don't try to set the world on fire. Don't uh, run into the veterans or, you know, get into any, any skirmishes. Reset after the Easter break. And I tell you, like, he grabbed a gear. Him and Phil, his crew chief, have grabbed a gear. 
and now the information that's going between the two cars is much more streamlined. So I'm uh, looking forward to basically what we would call the second half of the year, but this is a playoff run. This is a playoff push, and we've got 10 weeks to roll hard. Kurt, you were talking about that things went relatively smooth for your race team yesterday, but I want to go to towards the end of the race with these restarts. And I know on the ovals, uh, it's pretty much insane too, but yesterday just seemed uh, that it was even more crazy. I saw one of them there, uh, the next to the last one, maybe that, that you lost a couple of spots, but then were able to get in the right lane on the last one and make some headway. Just how crazy is that? And, and trying to keep up with everything going on around you. Yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy each week, DJ, uh, Jeff. As a driver, you know, we go into some of these races with max downforce, no horsepower. Now, this week was all the horsepower that we can handle and no downforce with no choose rule as far as the restart. Every week is a new sequence of what the heck ever, and you got to at least try to get to the top six, I think, races and gets away a little bit cleaner but when you're back there in that hornet's nest from 7th to 15th, it's a zoo. And it, it's very unpredictable. And that's where uh, you can have a really good day going, and then boom, it can be taken away from you really quick. So it's, it's just a matter of being in position more often, grabbing those stage points, and building that consistency back up to finding those right moments to, to gamble and go for a win. And Kurt, I always love listening to your communication in race. How would you describe the art of that feedback on the track? Uh, it's it's uh, it's bonkers right now because we have no practice, no qualifying. I'm in this race starting out on Sunday. We haven't been there in two years. We haven't been there in low downforce in a long time. The tires changed. You're in traffic and you're trying to go, wait a minute. Is it more important to dial in the lefts right now or the rights? What's the car doing on short run speed? What's the car doing on long run speed? And there's just so much that, that a driver has to digest in this day and age. Maybe I'm looking too far into it. Uh, maybe I wish our car had a little bit more forward bite and we could hang with the Hendrick guys on the road course or the JGR cars. But we did really good as a team with the Monster Energy Chevy to get sixth and to be that, that group right there knocking on the door. Kurt, you mentioned the playoff push. You guys got some ground to make up. How do you get yourself where you need to get? Yeah, we've got an all-star race this weekend. You know, there's a little sprinkle of trying something completely different if you really want to, and we're doing it. We're doing it. Uh, after the Charlotte race, we were mediocre at best, and the engine had its problem. And so we've gone back and cut all the panels off our car for the all-star race to see what we can learn there. Nashville... Uh, that'll be a low downforce, high horsepower race. First time there. We just don't need anything crazy to happen at that race. We need to really try to be smart and go old school and let other people overdrive the track and find mistakes on a track that nobody has raced on in years. Uh, we go to Road America, road course. I raced up there one time in the early 2010s. Uh, you know, it's similar to how we went to Daytona road course and how we're going to go to the Indy road course later. Just got to absorb the different style road courses that are coming up. Kurt, you think, when you look at the, the schedule and everything that you talk about and trying to balance what you want and also helping your teammate in that situation, uh, how much more of a burden does that put on you in trying to help this team to move forward? 
Um, I wish it was more of a burden, like you're saying, the responsibility of being a veteran and being the mentor. Uh, but I'm looking at him in points. He's looking at me. We're both outside looking in. Uh, we're both racing hard to get our respective team at Chip Ganassi in the playoffs. I like the doubleheader at Pocono. Atlanta's one of my most favorite racetracks. Uh, Watkins Glen, boom, another road course that I, that I didn't even mention earlier. And Michigan is a fast two-mile track. Of course, the restrictor plate race uh, at Daytona can be anybody's game. So we'll see. We'll see. We've got a lot of opportunities here to gamble, work hard together. Uh, but ultimately, I'm driving the number one Monster Energy Chevy, and I want to get in the playoffs. Kurt, those restarts at Sonoma just look to be so wild watching it on TV. What's unique about those restarts from your perspective? Uh, just the, the, the square footage, you know, how tight the track is and how quick the accordion effect happens. Uh, they changed the curbs a little bit in turns one, two, and the exit of two, and it only just seemed to kick more rocks up onto the racetrack this time around, and that made it tougher. Uh, we go down the hill into a sharper turn four, which is slower and tighter, and it's easier to find trouble there. Uh, it's just, it's walking, I mean, it's just Sonoma. It's road courses, and the way that all those restarts are, uh, everybody's got to be on their toes, but everybody's ripping and gouging for all the points they can get. All right, bud, I have to ask you about this. So, at the end of last year, you came out with a really cool video uh, that had you going down the, you know, in your race car, had you in the keys. It was a really cool video, but I didn't really know what it meant. I didn't know if it was, you were saying, hey, I'm going to retire. I'm going to, I didn't really know what it meant. And then a few weeks ago, you came out with a really funny video uh, saying, I'm back. Like, what are you doing, man? I need to know. What are you going to be doing next year? Well, we got to go watch the video again. You got to get hits. You got to get the video. <laughs> you got likes and more views. I wanted to create a, a fun video of, of a dream of mine to drive a NASCAR car on the open road to go 200 miles an hour down over the uh, bridges to Key West. And we did it, you know, with, with just the intention of having fun as a Monster Energy group. And then to create a, a story, an imagery of all the fun moments in my career, uh, some bad moments, good, bad, different, just the whole perspective of what I've done over the last 20 years. And it finishes strong with this, this look back of the car. And maybe it's time, maybe it isn't. And so it, it is a message that can be interpreted a few ways. I currently don't have a contract for next year. I'm in talks with Ganassi, Chevrolet, Monster, other teams. Uh, it's, it's a very busy time. And then some fake news came out of uh, an alert, like an Apple alert of Kurt's retiring. And my phone is lit up with, hey, man, let's go fishing. Uh, let's go on this vacation. And I'm like, no, 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 no. So I had to pull up the Leonardo DiCaprio of, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. <laughs> there you go. So th one of the great things about this show is that we're able to work in the voice of the fans as well. We have Marvin on line A with a question for you. Marvin, you're live. Take it away. Thanks, Jack. How you doing, Kurt? Doing great. Good to talk to you. It's great to talk to you, too, man. I'm uh, honored to be chatting with you. So, KB, we're heading to uh, the All-Star Race at Texas Motor Speedway, and I want to know from you, man, do you have a $1 million winning car to get you that $1 million winning paycheck on Sunday night? 
I hope we do. I mean, that's what it's all about is going there to win the million bucks. Uh, me and my brother wrecked each other years ago for that million dollars. Uh, it, it's an opportunity to, to go for it and, and not have to worry about points. Uh, the money is, is obviously fabulous. It's, uh, it's a feather in the cap for the team. And we cu we've cut up all of our arrow on our car to go to Texas to gamble on what we think will work heading into the summer months. So I'm hopeful that we'll get good laps, we'll have fast laps, and we'll be in the right place at the right time. I don't even know what the stages or the flips or the inverts and procedures are. I, I haven't even, like, looked into that. I'm just going to go drive. You know what? We're going to be driving on it and going for it. We, we even got a Leonardo DiCaprio reference, and this is one heck of an interview. Kurt, we really appreciate you <laughs> taking some time with us. Best of luck moving forward, and thanks for your time today. All right. Thanks, guys. Yes, sir. Take care. I, I was, uh, any, any news of a note there? I like your question there at the end. Any, any big takeaway from that? What I hear is I'm coming back. Like, what, you know, what, what I, I want to come back, and I think he should. I, I think that, you know, when I watch Kurt Busch race, uh, we, all, we all have a shelf life. Mm -hmm. I mean, I hate to say that, but, but I, I, you know, I expired. <laughs> My usefulness as a race car driver got to the point where it just wasn't there anymore. For what, I don't know why. It happens to everybody. Uh, it hadn't happened to Kurt. Kurt, is, without a doubt, has enough speed. He's smart. He knows what to do with a race car. I think he's an asset to a race team. So I would think that Kurt should be back. I think that race teams would want Kurt. I think his maturity, his willingness to try to be a leader, I think all that matters. So I, 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 I don't think it would be smart for Kurt to retire at this point in his career because I think he has more left. DJ, how do you see it? I agree. Uh, I think it would be a mistake for Ganassi to, to let Kurt Busch go here uh, or get away from him. Uh, Kurt Busch has made every race team a better team wherever he has been. Uh, has he been a little vocal at times yeah but sometimes you have to do that as a leader and uh as you as jeff was just pointing out he has so much talent uh and, and can still drive these race cars so i i think that he's got at least two or three more years and and uh i think he's a big part of ganassi racing and i think that they should re-sign him as soon as they can heck of a personality too there, there was a few moments in there i wanted to hear the uncensored version you know he had a couple words floating <laughs> to his mind that he was able to suppress nicely done there by kurt we'll take a quick break relive some great northern california racing when motor mouse comes back the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. 
Well, we have been watching the Kyle Larson show as of late. He has been all over the podium this past month, going first or second across the line in every race. He's always been fast at Sonoma, but what was it about joining Hendrick Motorsports that elevated him to victory lane, Jeff? Well, I just, I, I just think, like I said before, I think the timing of it. Hendrick yeah. has their stuff together. Chevrolet has their stuff together. Uh, Kyle Larson, I heard him on an interview saying he felt like he was always a good road racer. Uh, and if you think about him at Sonoma, he, would, he was really fast, would qualify really well, race really well, but then it would fall off the wheels because it would run the tires off of it. Well, that didn't happen this week. This week, he was able to be fast, early, late runs, early in the run. He just was able to put it all together. And I think that late run speed, that's equipment. It's just equipment hanging on and not eating up the tires as opposed to what he was driving. It was really fast, but it just would kill the tires. DJ, what's it feel like to hit that kind of heat streak as a driver? <laughs> There's just nothing. I mean, it's what you work for. It's what you put yourself in position for are opportunities like this. And and I think Jeff Burton has put uh, hit the nail on the head here in saying that timing is everything. And, you know, something unfortunate in Kyle Larson's life actually put him in a position for this to happen. So we never know exactly why things happen, but uh, you know, it's made him a better person coming through all of this. And he's been able to showcase his talents at Hendrick Motorsports, who since basically about through two thirds of last year, they have hit another gear, so to speak. Uh, whenever the playoffs started last year, uh, it was incredible. I think their engine program stepped up. That allowed them to do some things arrow-wise and their cars became better, uh, not having to overcome a deficiency maybe that they felt like they had in their engine uh, uh, development and, and the power that they had. And I think they moved that power around some. So, so many things that, that they have done in Hendrick Motorsports uh, just over the last uh, eight to 10 months has really made this organization uh, the top organization right now. Uh, you know, it's kind of like we were talking with Joe Gibbs Racing um, just, you know, less than or a little over a year ago. How do you beat them? Well, the, Hendrick Motorsports is that now, and, and they're really getting the job done. And, and we can't go without saying that the Chad Knauss, uh being put in the position he is in uh, was probably uh, another one of Rick Hendrick's brilliant moves. Uh, he's had many over the years, and this is another example of that. I think I think that DJ's point about the engine and the horsepower gets a little bit overlooked in this conversation. You think when 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 Hendrick Motorsports and ECR engines, essentially Richard Childress Racing, when they merged, they got faster. I mean Chase Elliott, when they merged, Chase Elliott took that power and went and won the championship. And now you look at what RCR is doing, right? RCR is running really well too. They, they've, they have speed that they have consistent speed that they've not had over the last several years. I've said on this show before, and I believe it. I think Austin Dillon and his team are the most improved in racing. Their, their consistency, uh, what they do week in and week out, is, is much higher than it's ever been. I don't think I can separate that engine. I don't think I can. I, I, it's really hard for me to say that the merging of those two companies and, and coming and saying we're going to build those engines together, that has had a, a positive effect on the results for those for those teams and I, I i think i said it before i think you'll continue to see that play out the rest of this year remember there's a new car coming there's a new car coming next year and so how many resources are teams that aren't being able to win races right now how many resources are they going to put into this year versus next year i think running well now is the biggest advantage ever in the history of this sport to run well early I just think it is, and I, I, I think that's part of the reason it's going to be very difficult to knock Hendrick Motorsports off of their pedestal 
Joe Gibbs Racing as well. Joe Gibbs Racing is coming on, and, and Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch has speed every week now. A month ago, I didn't see that. I see it now. And so, you know, they're going to have to continue to focus on this year. I just, I think that new car is going to have an effect on this year, not just next year. And we saw Kyle Larson just explode off some of those resets. We just asked Kurt Busch about it a second ago as well. I've seen you on social media all over my cell phone talking about those restarts as well. In wine country, why is it so different at that Sonoma racetrack when you're getting off the line? How do you really get all the speed right there when you need it? Yeah, so what happens is when you, when you leave the line at Sonoma, you immediately start uphill. Like from the start-finish line up to turn two, turn three, that's all uphill. And so if you watch these restarts, look at the fifth row. Look how slow the fifth row gets. They got, it's, like the, it's like on the interstate. They start slowing down in front of you, seven or eight cars behind is who actually ends up getting in the wreck. And the same thing happens here. So if you can keep your momentum up, it just creates a huge gap. Watch this restart right here. These are the ones that I thought, you know, Kyle Larson did a great job because he, look at the gap. There's nothing, he doesn't have to defend on that restart. He now can just run his line. On this one though, in this restart, this last one, this got close. This was one of those right here. Chase Elliott's there, and Larson knows he's there. Chase Elliott, a little bit of nudge. Truex could have easily gotten into the nine right there and done, I didn't, I, you know, it, it just happened, <laughs> yeah. and moved Larson out of the way. And I think they're fortunate that it didn't happen because I can tell you, I think the, the two drivers on this show will both tell you that turn that, that corner at Sonoma on a restart, we've been involved in a lot of wrecks on top of that hill. Mm-hmm. And, and if you can leave there cleanly, it's just such a major advantage. Go ahead, DJ. Yeah, and, you know, uh, after the race yesterday, Kyle Larson gave some credit to Scott Speed. I guess he's been talking with and working with, along with Josh Wise, uh, uh, in his preparation, not just physically but mentally getting ready and talking to Scott about uh, how he – uh, went about road racing, and, and I think that you could see a difference there uh, in Larson and the way that he went about it. And Jeff, you talked about running the tires off of it before. I think the things that I saw from Larson yesterday were that he could carry that speed uh, that you're talking about and that you need not to get past or to overtake someone uh, and, and not hurt the car and hurt the tires as much. So a lot different road racer uh, I saw in Kyle Larson yesterday. And that was one of the best performances because to be quite honest, I think myself, uh, Clint Boyer and Jeff Gordon on the, the telecast yesterday and maybe some others wondered what their strategy was uh, whenever they were pitting and staying out at different times than everybody else. And I guess they just figured they had the man and the car to get it done. It didn't make any difference. They were just going to keep the best tires on it that they could. And that is a lot of fun as a driver. And, uh, you know, when you have, Jeff, back to that horsepower thing, someone speaking from experience of having more horsepower than others and being able to take advantage, you can drive race cars a lot differently uh, whenever you have that. And I had that at Robert Yates Racing for a long time. And uh, that's just a, a wonderful feeling to know that you have that in the bank and it allows you not to abuse your race car a lot. And I think that we're seeing Kyle Larson do much the same. How hard is it to sweep the stages and go get the win at a road course like that? What are, what are the challenges to winning those stage points along the way? I, I, DJ just mentioned it. The, the, the fact that you can have all these different strategies playing out on a road course and still win all the stages and the race, that's a rare thing because yeah. normally – 
things get so mixed up there. Not only that, but when you go back and you look at Hendrick Motorsports, I know William Byron had a problem, got in a wreck, not of his doing, but you know, Chase Elliott finished second, fifth, and second. All right, Alex Bowman finished first, first, fifth in stage one, third in stage two, and ninth overall. So a solid day throughout the field, throughout the entire Hendrick Motorsports camp. And on, and, and on a racetrack, you normally don't see that. You normally see people give up stage points. I'm not worried about stage points. I want to position myself for later in this race to get the best finish I can. On this day, that strategy completely changed. And I, I think some of it had to do with the fact that the tire fell off so much. The speed left the cars so much on old tires. I think it forced people to play a little bit different strategy. Go ahead, yeah, DJ. You're exactly I'll, I'll... right. It was, it was just so impressive to watch people have different strategies and going about it. And so many of the other strategies was predicated on the fact that they realized this five car, uh, unless he had trouble, they were going to have to do something totally different. They weren't going to pass him. Uh, they weren't going to run him down. And uh, so I, I think that's what kind of made the five car say uh, that, hey, we're just going to keep fresh tires on this for our driver because we have the best car on this day. And, and it's good to be in that position. But uh, what to, to do that on a road course, you know, it's hard enough to do on an oval where uh, you're, you're kind of uh, in a box, so to speak, as to what kind of strategies you're going to play there. And you can make that work. But to do it on, an, on a road course, uh, just incredible. They were able to do that. Just shows how much on top of their game they are right now. And, Jeff, you mentioned earlier you're not sure that we can – talk about making people favorites for the championship. Well, I'm putting, if, if I were the, the man out in Las Vegas or whoever's making uh, the odds for this, uh, as far as looking at the championship, Kyle Larson would have to be that person right now that, that would have the odds that, that put him at the top of the list. I, I think what, what's heartbreaking for the competition is when they did the one time they did get Kyle Larson back into the field, it didn't matter. I mean, he yeah. drove through there like it was nothing. Like, this is my race. You guys are in my way. And he just drove through there. I mean, it's – and didn't put a fender on anybody, didn't put a nose on anybody, just drove past them. Like, it wasn't hard. And that's – trust me, I've been on the other side of that. That's infuriating. Like, it's how are they doing that? How are they that much faster than we are? That's what, they're, that's what the competition is thinking today. And they're all – listen, I I'm you, they're going to work. They're, the competition is not just going to lay down and say, well, they're just better than we are. They're not going to do that. They're going to work to make, the, make themselves better. And Hendrick Motorsports will have to get better, too, if they're going to continue to win races because the competition is going to step it up. Our, this show, is you mentioned earlier, it's all about fans calling in. We love it yeah. when the fans call in. So, Nass Carl, you're up. What you got? Uh, you guys were just talking about it. Actually, Jeff, you just mentioned it. Everything is going great. But if there was an area of concern or something down the line that could maybe trip up Hendricks, what do you see that that could be? I think it's, I, I don't, I think it's basically the competition finding a way to be better. I, I, I think that's what it boils down to. They're not going to quit working. Joe Gibbs race, I, I talked about the teams that are going to be in the playoffs. Those teams are not going to quit working. They are, they are mad. They're mad and motivated. And they're going to do what they have to do to take the fight to Hendrick Motorsports and Kyle Larson and Chase Elliott and everybody else there. And that's the biggest thing. DJ knows we've all been in that situation, DJ, longer than me, where you had the best car, you had the fastest car, and everybody's going to take you down. 
And that's, that's the biggest threat for them. DJ, is peaking too early a real thing when you get to the NASCAR season? Is there some point where you really want to be at your best? Is peaking too early real? Um, you know, I would say years ago that that wasn't the case uh, because of the playoff system now. I, I think that's a very real thing that, that you could do that because, as Jeff was pointing out, uh, others aren't going to stop working. It's like having the best race car uh, on a particular day and you're afraid to adjust on it. Well, second, third, fourth, and fifth drivers are adjusting on theirs on every pit stop and making their cars better. And I got beat by Jeff Gordon and Jeff Burton enough to know that they weren't going to stop working if I had a good car. And so you've got to continue to work, just as Jeff Burton is pointing out. So I think with this playoff system, that, that might be a very real thing. Uh, whereas before, I think if you could peak whenever that was uh, and you could build up a, a points lead, then, then you were better off going on and making that run and, and taking what you could get from that point. But uh, it, it is so difficult to, to be out front. But I, I don't say – I think their biggest concern might come from within because all four of their cars are running so well, and, and that competition within could be the thing that might take them down. Well, Hendrick, they're just the second team ever to finish one, two in four straight races. So it's history. Get a little, little slice of history as we get into June with this NASCAR series. We come back and we're talking to one of our favorite Xfinity Series drivers as Brandon Jones joins us on the show right after this. There's Brandon. Hanging out, Motor Mouse. Coming back. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Welcome back to Motor Mouse. We're working some Xfinity series. You were there, Jeff. I was Watching there. You take it in the race. What'd yeah. you think? It was fun. It was a party, man. That, those, guys, those guys there, they were ready to go to racetrack, have a good time. I met a lot of cool fans. It was a good time. Always seems to be. We have a 24-year-old stud of the Xfinity series. Join us in Brandon Jones. Six top five finishes for you this season. How would you describe your journey now into June? Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for having me on this show. I think this is my first time joining you guys for this, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it this afternoon. But uh, this season has been uh, full of ups and downs for sure, man. I don't think I've ever had a year where we've had so many, you know, top five finishes, so many good runs going, and uh, then at the end of the day, have so many, you know, DNFs too that have came down to it. So uh, we, we're, we're trying to fight that right now, man, but we're not doing anything to put ourselves in those bad positions, in my opinion. Uh, we're doing everything right throughout the weekend. We've got a lot of speed to uh, truthfully go out here and win every one of these races. You know, I, I truly believe that when we show up, uh, we should never be worse than about sixth place, in my opinion. And, and I think we've had speed to 
lead the majority of these races so far. So, uh, yeah, it's been a phenomenal start. Um, I think it's all kind of uh, goes back to having great chemistry with the group of guys that I have now. I mean, this is a couple of years consecutively that I've had Jeff Mendering and even the same, you know, engineers and the same backbone of the team, too, with, with my mechanics. So, um, I've, I've gone on to say multiple times that, you know, my, my team is more than more than just uh, employees or it's kind of a brotherhood on the 19 group. So I think that's kind of what's kept us alive here whenever we get the, uh, the bad times. All right, Brandon, I want you to tell me the truth. Did you think a road course is going to be the place to get your year turned around in the right direction? Man, I mean, we've been putting a lot of time, that's for sure, into trying to figure out these road courses. And, you know, there's so many different schools that we can go to. There's so many different cars to uh, run throughout the week. Um, I, I think that running that ARCA car, actually, the day before the Xfinity race was a big help. I mean, it was uh, truthfully pretty different. You know, I was thinking, man, this is going to be pretty close. Um, the weight of the cars were similar. Uh, the motor threw me off a, a decent amount. Uh, that was probably the biggest change going from that ARCA car to Xfinity. But what was so great about it was we got out of the ARCA car and, and with Blake Cook, who, who helps me out, and I know helps Harrison out some a little bit as well, um, he sat down and was like, hey, I think these are the areas that you could have been a little bit better that could have really, you know, jumped you up and got you a little bit little bit more spots in that ARCA race. And immediately I tried it in Xfinity, and it was, uh, it was a big help. So uh, just having that extra track time at these road courses in the right car helps. You know, in the past we've done Trans Am Series or we've done other different schools, and uh, I think the problem is if you know the track already and you do those different types of races, um, you start to get in a habit of, man, I can drive that Trans Am car way deeper. I can do you know different things to help that thing out. And um, it might not 100% translate to, uh, to a big heavy stock car uh, like we have in the Xfinity Series. So uh, I think that's what we were fighting in the past. Uh, but we kind of got back on track, man. I, I would have never guessed that uh, that, that was going to be our, our change around uh, race. But like I said, a lot of times gone into these road courses, and uh, we were definitely pumped to uh, to get out of that place with the finish that we did, especially on our strategy. You know, we played the strategy to um, try to just get points throughout the day. You know, we didn't really go um, into it with the short pit to stage just to try to get the race win at the end. We, we actually tried to collect as much uh, stage points as we could, and to still kind of get back in that top five was pretty impressive. So, Brandon, you talked about the struggles and the ups and downs of the season, and, and that's what this sport brings you. Uh, even at its best, it's a difficult uh, world and business to be involved in, but but so gratifying whenever things are going well. So on that side of it, you said you talked to Blake Cook of, about driving stuff. So mentally, that side of it, who's your go-to person there? Uh, is it someone that, that's close to you there? Is Coach Gibbs someone that you can go and, and talk to about times uh, that, that when things aren't going as well as you'd like to, to keep yourself and the others around you on a high note? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've gotten pretty good at it myself, truthfully, too. Um, I mean, I've had multiple seasons, you know, where uh, things don't go 100% right, you know, and uh, you get in these ruts a little bit. I've, I've watched some of the best cup drivers uh, as well, you know, get into these uh, positions where their season just isn't going as planned. They're having multiple DNFs. Um, and things like that, and they're phenomenal, you know, cup racers even. So, um, I've, like I said, I've been through the ups and downs already of this sport. I kind of know how to treat them, but uh, Blake does a phenomenal job. Truthfully, my entire team does a ph phenomenal job, and we all, you know, leave the track. We're not disappointed with ourselves. We're disappointed with how, you know, the things happened or, or the way things played out. Um, and, you know, it's definitely never on us, um, on our group. So, um, it's, you know, at times it's the, the difficult part about it is not so much mentally getting over it 
it's about you know not trying to just finish the race that week because i think when you start doing things like that you just say, you come to the weekend saying man i just want to finish this week you start putting yourself in bad spots right you start um maybe not racing guys as well as like you were before you weren't holding them as tight getting in the corner and in doing so you're slowly you know losing track position throughout the race and by the time you know it you know you've lost too much and now you're kind of in the uh, what I like to call the hornet's nest, you know, and, and then things happen and uh, you look back and you're like, man, I don't even know, know why I was back there, why I was in that position. And I think that, you know, I, I think it's not even something that you realize you're doing, but uh, just not racing guys like you should be and, and you losing track position and then one thing leads to another there. Let's get a little fan call in. We have Chandler on line A with a question for you. Chandler, all you. Thank you, Jack. Um, so hello, Brandon, how are you doing? Great, man. Good to hear. So, Brandon, later in the truck series, the trucks are going to be heading off to Pocono. Um, is there a chance that you might come back to race in the truck series? And if so, what team would you want to drive for? Oh, man. Well, I'm not 100% sure. I mean, I know I don't have anything set in stone to come back and race a truck. And um, having that win last year with KBM was awesome. Uh, that was one of the things that um somewhat haunted me a little bit you know as I, I had won in everything except the truck series throughout my career and so i was like man i just i want one truck win um finally you know i got opportunity to race a few races with kyle last year um and uh, definitely had just everything go right for us i had been working on restarts for multiple years and i uh, just had way more race craft i think going into that pocono race with, with kbm so um, super fun to be able to do, but man, I, I don't have anything set up yet for this year. Uh, truthfully, I, I, I love racing for, for KBM. That's probably the team I would uh, go back with, you know, if I had the, if I had the choice to do it with. Um, I think they've got so much experience, especially confidence-wise now with uh, John Hunter coming in and winning a lot of races. I know Kyle's won some races as well with them. Uh, so they definitely got their, uh, their stuff turned around and going in the right direction right now. Brandon, for you, what's been the biggest adjustment with the Xfinity Series compared to all the different forms of racing that you came up the ranks in? Yeah, man. I mean, I'm, I've been through the Xfinity Series now for, for a few years. I've watched it change a bunch. Um, the biggest thing is, is, is just racing aggressively, but trying to do it to the point that um, you have to get to the end, too. You know, you, you don't want to put yourself in bad spots racing aggressively, but it's that balance is what I've always kind of, you know, struggled with is like, how do you, you know, how do I be aggressive? How do I make it to the end of the race? Um, how do we not lose too much track position over the entire weekend? Um, things like that is, is what really makes, you know, those, those cup guys when they come down to the Xfinity level and things stand out to me is um, they're so aggressive, but they're, I, I guess the right word is cautiously aggressive. I mean, um, I saw this earlier this year at Atlanta, Truex just blowing through guys through the corner. And I was sitting there thinking, man, there's no way that we can run this fast uh, through the corner. But it's just that their, their experience and their knowledge of how aggressive they can be uh, is what kind of takes them to the front sometimes. So that's the, that's the adjustment uh, kind of through the years that I've had to kind of get better at. And, and throughout the years, you, you do. You just naturally uh, get more confidence in the car. You get a little bit better with that stuff. And, um, it starts for taking to the next step. So, Brandon, you guys are kind of coming into the home stretch for the regular season. Uh, got a little bit of ground to make up. You're in pretty good shape, but obviously you've had so much trouble, not of your doing. What are you guys focused on uh, for the rest of the regular season to make sure you, number one, get in the playoffs, but number two, are in a good position when you enter the playoffs? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely after, you know, before this weekend uh, was going into it and, you know, I, I never get too concerned about points. I never really look at the points because uh, winning fixes all of that, right? I mean, everything that uh, you lost, you can make up within a race. So I don't I don't overly get concerned about it. But at the same time, I was sitting there thinking, I mean, man, we're going to be pretty close here to having to win to make it, which is just sounds so crazy um, to think to think that with all the speed that we've had this year. But um, I, I feel like uh, we're going to turn this thing around here pretty soon. And um, I'm not going to try to do anything, you know, over the top or, or anything to try to make it. But um, at the same time, we're going to definitely play a race trying to go for points um, at, at times. And if we think we have the, the super to win the race, then uh, we'll take the race differently for sure to uh, to uh, definitely try to secure us a win. Because like I said, that's the that's the, the best fix for all of this that's going on right now. It's just to knock that out and you're in the playoffs. So we've got a lot of races coming up. we got Texas, a few other uh, tracks that um, truthfully we can go out and have a really, really solid run and, and you know, definitely, definitely win out in my opinion. So um, I think that we, we should find ourselves uh, back where we need to be really soon. Well, Brandon, we really appreciate you taking some time with us today, man. Best of luck the rest of the way, and thanks for the time. Absolutely, guys. This was a blast. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Uh, have you gotten to know Brandon pretty well going to all these races? I know you seem to every Saturday. You show up at one of these Xfinity races, no matter where it may be. I have. I've gotten to know a lot of the younger drivers through, uh, through my son because yeah. my son hangs out with a lot of those guys. I got to know them, and it's really fun to get to meet them. They all have different personalities, and uh, Brandon is just a really good young man. He's just a good person. Uh, kind heart, does a lot of things away from the racetrack, trying to help other people, it doesn't talk about, um, and has worked really hard. Brandon has put a lot of effort into getting better, and he's done that. Every single year, Brandon has taken a step, and you know, this year, I think it's been a major challenge for him because a lot of stuff happened, has happened, hasn't really been his fault. They've had good speed, but he's always smiling, he's always upbeat. I'm really impressed. He's a, he's a really smart guy, and he's very dedicated to his craft, works really hard at it. That million-dollar smile, that'll serve him well when he gets into victory circle here soon. I, I'm sure of that. We come back on Motor Mouse. We have our own Parker Kligerman joining the show, speaking of great personalities, great smiles. Parker on the way back. Motor Mouse, be right back. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. All right, you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it, brother. Come on.
Damn, brother. Thank you. That was so sick. Uh, that was most fun I've had in a long time. Man. That, that was awesome, brother. Thank you. Well, the countdown to Nashville is more than on. As you know, that's coming up June 20th, 2.30 p.m. Eastern. As you see on the bottom of the screen right there. Let's get somebody else in. Our own NBC's Parker Kligerman. Very used to this Nashville track. What are some of the secrets we'll see as we're now about a couple weeks away from the big race? Well, from what I remember, uh, back when we used to go testing there, which I'm sure Jeff, DJ have gotten into, it just, uh, we used to go there and turn 500 laps in a single day, uh, you know, in terms of trying to just do like longevity testing, that sort of thing. So I had a ton of laps, also got to race there a couple times. And all I remember was, one, it's bumpy because it's concrete and the tires sort of get inflated and then you bounce across them all the time. The rubber lays down and it changes the track entirely and everyone will be racing for about a four inch patch of putting their left front to get the car to turn a lot of times uh, until the rubber really lays down. But it's definitely, it's a unique track being concrete. It, you just, you can't really compare it to many other places. Uh, we, we used to go there and test, trying to, you know, get used to or use it for other places and it just didn't always transfer well. So that means it is unique, which I always like. And so hopefully it puts on a unique show. You just did it a couple weeks ago. How, how did the track feel to you when you got the hands on the wheel? Well, I was lucky enough. Mitchell Tenpenny went, went for a ride with me. He's, you know, rising country music star. He has, you know, his hit single is, is Bucket List. Yeah. Well, he crossed one off of his. <laughs> like, yeah. it, was, it was so much fun to take him on, on a ride. And all those things came back to me about National Super Speedway, about what Parker's talking about, how when you drive into turn one, and I didn't tell Mitchell this because I didn't want to scare him, but when you drive into turn one, like, it looks like a mile and a half. It, all, everything visually is, I'm a mile and a half, drive this thing in here really, really deep before you get out of gas, but it's not. It's more like a short track. It's more almost like Richmond in uh -huh. turn one at Richmond where you got to get off the throttle, you got to hook that left front, and if you don't, if you don't hit it just right, you're in big trouble. And it's completely different than turns three and four. In turn three, it drives like a mile and a half. It really, you know, you drive in there hard, you go back to the throttle, but one's not like that at all. And I think that's, that's going to be how you win the race. You're going to win the race in what you can do in turns one and two. Parker, you agree? Well, I do 100%. I'm watching this onboard here, and it's, it's bringing back so many memories for myself as well. And Jeff, you brought up a great point, which is that turn one is like, it's inviting, right? Now, I have a funny story, actually, of I went there testing with Penske, and we had an Xfinity car and a cup car there. At the time, the cup cars had 900 horsepower, the rear wheels. The Xfinity car is more like 650. I started the Xfinity car, and I, you know, go around, and I'm braking and everything. So I jump in the cup car, and my first lap into turn one, I swear I probably drove about, I don't know, 20 car lengths too far in the corner, going about 20 miles an hour too fast, thinking I was back in the Xfinity car that the bank you would hold you. It didn't. Um, thankfully, I didn't hit the wall or anything, but I remember going like, all right, you got to reset. That corner's inviting, but you can't drive that hard in. So it's uh, it's definitely, you know, the best way to describe it is unique, and there's nowhere else like that. DJ, I'll let you fire away. I was going to try to stay out of this conversation uh, because <laughs> when I went there and tested, I think every single time I told at the end of the day of each day testing, I, I questioned, was I a good enough race driver to, to be driving the cars that I was driving because I could not get around this racetrack. And I kept telling my guys, I said, are, are you just trying to deflate my ego here at the, thinking that I'm 
somewhat good. Uh, you keep bringing me over here, and I'm not learning anything. And as Parker pointed out, I'm not sure what track we were testing for. Anyway, I will tell you this, that every time that I left there, driving back to the hotel in Nashville, I think I called Mike Helton every time, and I said, I hope you're not planning to run a race over here, uh, a cup race, because I don't think I would do very good. But it is a tough track. It's going to be a great show. The cup cars are going to do that. I just wouldn't have done very good. But I think we're going to see an outstanding uh, weekend of racing whenever we get there in just a couple of weeks. And Parker, too, we do want to get your thoughts on Sonoma before we get you out of here. Kyle Larson, back-to-back wins now. How is he starting to dominate the field? Well, I think uh, in a lot of ways, this is like the prophecy being fulfilled, which was the idea for, you know, since Larson came in the Cup Series, I've always felt like eventually he would end up at Hendrick. And when he did, he would be very successful. And sure enough, you know, those two things are coming true. And I think, uh, you know, he's showing how good those cars are. We know Hendrick has really been on it, obviously winning the championship last year and how good they were with Chase. But then also, you know, in a lot of ways, being able to show us what we knew we always saw glimpses of, right? We saw flashes of these sorts of, uh, you know, performances back when he was at Ganassi. Maybe it was a pole and it was a really impressive pole or it was a portion of a race that he just dominated and did really well. And you always thought, you know, if had a team maybe that was just a little bit more consistently competitive, he would be more of a threat. And that's what we're seeing here. So not surprised to see him do that. I, uh, I also think He's, gonna, he's not going to have the odds he had going into that race because he was like at 8-1 to one odds to win Sonoma, and I don't think the odds makers are going to mess that up again. So, Parker, you're a, you're a student of the sport. You watch a lot of racing. You're a good road racer yourself. What did you see on Sunday in particular why Kyle Larson was able to dominate on that racetrack on that day? You know, that's a tough one because – it, it, it's hard from the outside, right? As you know, Jeff, to see, you know, sort of what he's doing in that race car braking wise or what he's really treating, you know, correctly inside that race car to make the long, uh, long run speed that he had. But I think that's one of the things that I've actually asked about that nine car as of late in these last, what, he won five out of six before this. What's going on there, right? And I think when you look at a team or we see a trend like this where someone really dominates a specific type of racetrack, you guys know, to me, that means, okay, that team has really found something in those cars and the drivers are executing on what they've been able to put together on those cars. So I think, you know, you see, obviously Chase is a great road racer. I think Kyle Larson always had that skill, but he's now been given a car that can match his skill level. Um, and then lastly, I know he did work with Scott Speed. He mentioned that in his post-race and worked on some braking techniques. And I think a lot of that really goes down to, you know, there is a specific way that you break on a road course to make speed compared to oval racing where you can be very creative you can do a lot of different things to make speed on a road course a lot of times if you're going to make speed it's a specific way it has to be done and i'm sure that he was just able to get some you know critiques and some ideas of what that specific way was and that car could handle doing it and dj i want to get you into on somebody we really haven't gotten too much in the show martin truex jr he had the win streak going at sonoma Third place finish. When all the dust settles, how will he feel, feel about that one? Yeah, I think he felt like that he was probably just outclassed. He was in a, the second class on this particular day, and and uh, but he did a great job. I, I think that Truett, he, you could see his skills showed early in the race, uh, being patient and aggressive when he needed to. I thought that there was one point in time that he might have something for Larson in this, but that just happened to be when Larson was taking it easy, getting himself positioned for the end of this. But but it was an excellent day for Martin Truex Jr. He, he's 
the other guy that you have to talk about when we start talking about championship contenders. What do you think, Turex Jr., his finish yesterday? Well, I, I mean, obviously they're a little bit disappointed with the success they've had. But like I said before, I, I just think that's motivation. I think for Martin Truex Jr., uh, for Kyle Busch, for basically all those guys, it's just motivation to go out and be, be better. Martin Truex Jr. is a really good road racer. There's a lot of road races left in this season. They got to take a step. But I can promise you they're at the shop working right now in order to do that. Well, Parker, we really appreciate you jumping on, taking some time with us, getting get a little insight with Nashville coming up. I'm sure we'll talk to you here real soon. Thanks, bud. Appreciate it. it. Have a good one, guys. We got so many different cameras, so many different bodies, and so many different directions. I don't know what to look at Jeff or who the heck to look at. That's all for Motor Mouse. Catch you all on Wednesday. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.